SVU is high camp. Yeah, I mean, I know, like everyone has their like brainless television, and I know for a lot of people it's SVU. For me, it's like just really bad reality competition shows. Like I'm obsessed <sighs> with Are You the One. Oh shit! They put like a bunch of seasons of that on to Paramount TV, and I'm on season Hell four yes. already. And nice. I, I'm obsessed with watching like dumb hot people make bad relationship decisions. You're so close to watching the challenge. Please. I know that's actually like my roommate was telling me like you have to watch the challenge next because like please watch the challenge please watch the challenge yeah and like I like you know it'd be fun to, like see these people again because is it uh, I feel like Devin is Devin a, are you the one oh, guy oh yeah he's psychotic he is a lunatic I love he Devin. literally on are you the one is like he'll be like I'm a fucking mastermind genius <laughs> he does it on the challenge and you're too. just like. You're so delusional, dude. Yeah, it's great. But I love oh it. It's like, God. but like, I would still let him bang me though. So it's kind of like, I mean, oh, I know. I guess it's working for you. Oh, oh, Devin can. He's more than welcome to my house anytime he wants. <laughs> <laughs> wow, are we gonna be able to get anything out of this intro? We talked about the weather and <laughs> and the challenge. That's that's good enough. We'll find something in there. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Uh, I'll have to. I'll, I'll just cut something mid episode and make it the intro, or yeah, fuck it. I'll just go. keep all this. I will keep all of this. End yeah, and including make, this part right now. This part right now is going into the song in three, two, one. Now. I've got, Hell I've yeah. got, I've 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 got, It's hot outside. It's so hot. <laughs> I'm like deranged. We're talking about the coldest movie ever, and it's so hot. I know. Oh my god, it was like having like the AC blasting on me. I know. I love oh, it. Oh, so lovely. So lovely. Hi, everyone. Hi. 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 Welcome to Straight People Movies. It's a podcast where we two gays get together each week and we watch a movie made for straight people and we ask the question why? 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 I'm saying why, but can you see this, this, the, the steam coming out of my mouth? Like, I'm in a winter. Like, why? Revenant realness. Come through. Eat me up, bear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Alejandro Gonzalez in Yarritu. Mm-hmm. Got that tilde and the two R's, mama. Yes, mama. She took Spanish <laughs> classes in high school. Yes, she did. I'm on unit two in Duolingo right now, Ooh. so I can get ready for... Barcelona. Barcelona. So when we Barcelona. go to we go to Barcelona to Primavera. <laughs> okay, we're gonna record an episode in Barcelona. Is it it's not racist if we do like Spanish accents because they're white, right? Exactly. Yeah, this is white privilege. Also, everyone in Barcelona it is okay to do anything about anyone in like Western Europe because they are so much they have so much more Yeah, there's so much more blood on their hands. <laughs> oh yeah. Spain did this. No, I literally, like, Spain, I was, like, thinking about that the other day, and I was like, I don't care. I will do my lispy Spanish, like, accent that where I make fun of them, because it's like, they deserve it. Like, they're the mm-hmm. reason why everything is fucked in this world. Yeah, for real. I mean, like, we still talk about the Spanish Inquisition, how long, that was, like, 600 years ago, mama. Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> you I just love how naturally faggoty their accent sound. I find I it love- very uh, endearing. It's beautiful. We love the Spaniards. We can't wait to go watch Black Country New Road in your country. We're talking about the social network this week. Our first David Fincher. First David Fincher movie. Wink, wink. The, wink, wink. the Catherine Hahn. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's also, you know, it, it, much like Drive, we're at the end of the decade. We're, we're a little past the end of the decade, I guess, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know... Still considered, I mean, when it came out, people were like, this is a masterpiece. This is a masterpiece of modern cinema. And we're people still say today. that. People still. <laughs> and people are me. 
I am I am people. Oh, you're just jumping right into these opinions, <laughs> bitch. Um, I, it's interesting that we we're doing this movie this week, the week it comes out, because this is also the same week that I'm getting my Facebook payout from my class action lawsuit. I'm oh my god! Them. Thank you, Daddy Zuckerberg. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for the first thousand. Now you owe me six thousand more. I love that for you. Are you gonna use Thank it to you. help pay? I am. Well, first I'm gonna buy a PS5. Everyone and does when they get into some money. <laughs> Yeah, I'm by PS5, and I'm going to get those AirPod Max headphones so I can listen to, you know, the Mars Volta and it's high quality. Spatial audio. Spatial audio. <laughs> I fucking love spatial audio. It's awesome. Dog. I've been listening Dog. to high-res losses whenever I can. I listen to Danny Brown's Atrocity Exhibition. Oh, how does that sound? Oh, my God. Ugh. What a perfectly produced album. Yes. It is. I may put this in the episode, my truly the funniest thing that's ever happened on YouTube or whatever is if you, there's this video of him performing uh, Attack at this Detroit club and uh, if you don't know Attack by Rusty it has this very not Rusty it is Rusty who's it yeah it's Rusty right I don't girl I don't know what you're talking about I think it's a Danny Brown feature in an electronic song okay uh, but it has a really heavy bass drop and it's like the chorus goes in and as soon as the bass drop it's just all you hear is it fully sucks out all the audio. I'm gonna drop it right here. Wasn't that hilarious? Ah, uh, love it. Hysterical. Yes. Um, Danny Brown whips ass. We stand. We love Danny Brown, and apparently the rumor is that he's moved to Austin <gasps> to follow Joe Rogan. Oh no, because I know that. I do. Oh no. You know that Danny loves Joe. Oh, I know he does. It's okay. It's all right. He makes good enough uh, music that we're just going to give him a pass. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Some straight people get a pass. Danny Brown is so, one of them. Danny Brown is one of them. Although he did get his, he. I mean, it's his body, his choice, but he did get his gap fixed, which is like, that was, I know. girl. I know. I, I, yeah. If it's not broke, don't fix it. Don't, it I mean, it's beautiful. You're, it was you're, beautiful. You're sm- truly one of the best smiles in all of I once saw a tattoo online of someone that got Danny Brown's teeth tattooed on him and I was so (laughs) mad that I didn't think of it first genius I love it yeah well anyway so Uh. we're talking about the social network (laughs) um you know the 2010 film by David Fincher famously written by Mr. Aaron Sorkin Sorkin is dick um so you already mentioned that you really love this movie yes um what is your history with this movie um, I mean, I saw it uh, when it came out. I remember where I was when I saw it. It was this movie where I was like, everyone who saw it loved it. When I was playing the festivals, I was like, this is a masterpiece. Um, at this point, I wasn't too familiar with like David Fincher. Like, I mean, I had seen Fight Club, and I had seen Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. And I think that's all I had seen at that point of his movies. Um, and then whenever I saw it, I was like, I guess I was 19 this movie came out. And I was like, this movie is film it's odd, and I've loved it. And I haven't really watched it since. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I love the score. I listen to the score a shit ton. I love um, the score. The score is incredible. The score is like on regular rotation for me. It's a it's a perfect score. I mean, I think it's the most important film score of the last like twenty years. Yes, it changed everything. And like, also about the film score, like even speaking of music about this movie, like the trailer to this movie is like I know with the creep cover. Oh with my the choir. god. Yes. Oh my what god. What a trailer. Like there are some movies where it's like the trailer is like 40% of why people like it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. The marketing for the movie was really really good. I remember when this came out, like the big kind of general consensus about the movie before it started getting like critical like praise was people were a little surprised that a movie about Facebook was being made because mm-hmm. the events of the movie had been like 5 or 6 years prior to that. Yeah. And I feel like at that point in time, it wasn't really common for movies to be so modern, which is why mm-hmm. I think, and we're going to talk about this a lot, I think it's the biggest thing about The Social Network is it's a very important movie, whether you like it or not, because it changed everything for movies. I think it like it, it brought in like this new kind of like way of filmmaking that looks very modern, very clean, very sleek, mm-hmm. very digital, very... Yep. Like, the electronic score adds to that. You know, you've got all these, like, up-and-coming millennial actors, you know, like Jesse Eisenberg and Andrew Garfield. Like, I really... And Rooney Mara, too. Dakota Johnson, too. Bitch. Yes. Um, 
Whenever she came up on screen, I was like, <gasps> Dakota. I know, me too. I was like, oh my God. And I, you know what's funny is I literally watched a movie earlier that day with Melanie Griffith. And I was like, oh whoa, weird, full circle. Whoa, what is it? But this is like her like first like adult movie. She was in a movie as a kid in, like, in the 90s. But, like This is her first like adult movie. Yeah, it's like a little cameo. We love nepotism. I, know, I, love, but, I love nepotism. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting. I think that the movie, yeah, I think the movie, was, I think people was I think people were kind of like I mean I want either this movie's gonna be really good or it's gonna be a masterpiece it was like the first time I think in a while maybe since like No Country for Old Men and There Will Be Blood so it'd been a few years mm-hmm. that I'd heard those kinds of words used right away but yeah. I think what was weird for Old Men There Will Be Blood I mean these are like period pieces like set in like western Texas it's like you know it's like tried and okay. yeah like high drama no one was surprised those movies were great but yeah. I feel like the social network, it's like, okay, you've got a movie about a bunch of college and fucking each other over while creating the biggest social media site in the world. And it just didn't, yeah. fe- at the time, it was like, what? Yeah. And it's like, and it's like Nine Inch Nails is doing the music. And it's like, wait. Yeah. It was like, what? And David Fincher is directing it? I mean, his last movie was Benjamin Button. And the one before that was Zodiac. Ugh. A perfect. Oh, no. I had seen Zodiac. Okay. No, I had seen Zodiac. I saw Zodiac in Zodiac. theaters, and it's still one of the most harrowing, like, movie experiences I've ever it's had. It's in- terrifying. It's. I, it, it's unreal that movie. It's unreal. Yeah, it's my Zodiac. favorite movie wow. by far by him. It's incredible. But I guess before I continue, I should probably state my thoughts on the film. Just generally. yes, please. So, I have a very interesting history with this movie. I I, I famously don't like David Fincher. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Zodiac. It's probably the only film by him I truly love. Everything okay. else by him I either like okay or I don't. I dislike. Um, when I saw the Social Network when it came out, I didn't get it. I felt like. I thought I already have issues with Aaron Sorkin. I like won't really watch anything that he writes because mm-hmm. I just think it's too much. Um, but I felt like you know the dialogue and this and the, the, the feel of the movie was really shit. And I felt like the metaphor of like oh it's about social media. Like in my mind, it didn't make sense. My nineteen year old brain mm-hmm. was like no, this isn't computing. I don't get it. This is stupid. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched it since. I watched it last night. I liked it. Okay. I liked it. I actually liked it quite a bit. I liked <laughs> okay. it quite a bit. I didn't love it. I have okay. issues with it. Like, girl, like, I, you could tell that the army hammer, like, you could tell that one of his faces was put on a body. Yeah. This time around, at least. It's crazy. We've only been able to get, or like, twin acting right with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, army, you know, like, we're not here to talk about him eating girls. I'm just here to say, <laughs> like, he's not that good of an actor. Like, He's not? He's not. He's, like, hot. But he's so hot, <laughs> but he's like not that good. Like I, it worked for the movie. It worked for the movie. Definitely. There's so much nepotism in this movie. Like I think that this is the for me. This is like the first true millennial movie. Captures that energy. It like does a good job. Like that. I will have to say, as much as like Sorkin annoys me, like the dialogue is very like a good balance between smart and like still they still sound like twenty year olds. What's a better line that if you'd have been if you would have invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. When Sorkin's on, he is on. He and whenever is. he's off, it's the most insufferable got, there's shit. A, there's in the a really world. a couple really good lines in it that really like send tingles up my spine. Like I like the part two where Andrew Garfield's like, Oh, I like read about you yesterday in the paper, like doing this like fucked up bullshit. And then like Sean Parker is like, you know what I read about you? Nothing. I'm like, oh shit. If someone said that to me, I would cry, <laughs> honestly. <Yeah>. I'm a <laughs> Libra, so I love attention. I didn't realize the um I, for some reason, thought Justin Timberlake fully said the line that, you know, it's cooler than a million dollars, a billion dollars. I forgot that it was split. Like, what do you he mean? Do, he, doesn't, he doesn't fully say it's Andrew Garfield recalling the dinner that they're having. And it right. shows, yeah, him saying, you know, you know, it would be a, or, you know it's cooler than a million dollars. And then Andrew Garfield saying a billion dollars. And I was like, oh, okay. Right. Interesting, because I feel like history misremembers that line as, like, fully Justin Timberlake saying it. That goes into the first thing that I don't like about this movie. Um, I His don't drive well drive, but also I think that the deposition hearing entering into the narrative in and out. One of the reasons why I don't like Big Little Lies, which is this, it's the same thing. I just not a huge fan of the like interviewing, like police interview. It really like takes me out of the movie. And there's some there's some good scenes with the deposition, but I feel like some of it gets like a little like cheesy and corny for me especially like the lawyers like fighting with each other and being like see there was a (laughs) 
mm, I was like, I don't know. Like, this is, like, too much for me. And, like, I, I love the part where Jesse Eisenberg, like, tells the lawyer to, like, fuck off, basically. But it oh, is a really... Like, I'm giving you the minimum amount of attention that you deserve. Yeah, it's, like, so <sighs> corny. Aaron Sorkin, like, people say it's one of the best written screenplays of the last 20 years. But it truly is knocked down a point because of that entire inclusion of that character. Yeah. It's like, we need this, like, fucking girl to be, like... Hey, like, I don't really think you're that bad of a guy. Would you like to put on my salad? Like, fuck off. <laughs> but I, but her, like, she has the final scene in the movie that's so like that wraps up the entire movie of like it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if this is true or not. They've already made their decision about I, you. I liked that too. Although I will say, I think the ending feels really rushed. Um, I feel like yes. it just kind of happened, and I was like, oh, I felt like like more was gonna happen mm-hmm. via Facebook, and you know, Sean Parker like gets like arrested, and that's like it. You know, yeah. um. And I don't know, I was kind of left wondering, like, okay, what was, like, the point of that, like, other than, like, Mark Zuckerberg made the wrong decision, I guess, by working with Sean rather than uh, Eduardo? I don't know. I don't know mm-hmm. what it was going for. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to shit on the movie. I really like it a lot. I think it's really fun, and it's really well-paced, and it's well-edited, and well-acted, mm-hmm. and it's got... It, the point is there. I miss the point. The point is there. It makes sense. Yeah. But it just... I feel like... I do think it's, like, because whenever the big, I think last year, whenever everyone was doing their decade wrap-up list, and it was, like, so obvious that it was, like, oh, it's The Social Network is the greatest movie of the past 10 years. It totally predicted everything. And it's a commentary on blah, 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 blah. Right. Uh, which is, like, it, it's, um, it, it's, the, it's the easy choice to say what the best movie of the past 10 years is, I feel like. Like, it's obvious. And it- but... It's not. I love it a lot. I think it's incredible. It's top three Sorkin, uh, <clears throat> probably Zodiac. Ooh, I don't know. Z- Zodiac and then Zodiac one, this two, and then tie of Gone Girl and Panic Room at three. It would like be Zodiac one and this would be two. Yeah. And then, yeah, everything else is sort of, uh, you know, take what you get. Um, it's really interesting that people were like, okay, this is I was actually kind of surprised that everyone kind of remembered the movie because I feel like no one talks about it anymore. Yeah, well, it's that kind of thing whenever, like, the at the 2009, everyone, everyone was like, greatest album of the decade, Kid A, and it's like, oh, it came out in the first five months. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, I, there is something to be said about setting the tone, and yeah. I, it was hard to deny watching The Social Network again that it did, it did mm-hmm. set the tone modern issues and now i feel like mm-hmm. all movies are super modern oh yeah and like a fucking didn't is it hulu or netflix or something is doing like a series about spotify right uh there was like that documentary i'm so there has been a movie being made about the fire fest like people love movies about news shit now they do everyone loves real true crime stuff it's just a rehash of true crime well it, it really reflects social media i mean it gets mm-hmm. very meta here because it's like yeah like the social network proves that like everything happens in like real time now and even in the film even though it's like the early days of facebook when social media still isn't where it's at like even in 2010 and obviously not where it is at today but it's still you get the sense of like and people being like yeah it's like weirdly addictive i don't know you know it's like Mm -hmm. it's really cool watching social media was not even anywhere where it's at now in 2010 that's what's so crazy about the movie coming out then yeah, because it's like Facebook wasn't like a tool like it is now. It was like a fun thing that we all do together to hang out and we post pictures and we tag each other and poke each other. It wasn't this sort of like, yeah, it's not this, uh, you know, country destroying like in like Myanmar uh, tool of, you know, the technocrats. It was just a fun thing. Right. And I like the kind of idea that it is kind of a, it is kind of a mirror of what, how it happened where it was like, the Winklevi wanted it to be this very exclusive thing for like Harvard. They wanted it to be this, the most sought after email address in the United States. And then Jesse Eisenberg just kind of broke it up and made it for Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg kind of made it for everyone. And that was his downfall was including everyone. Right. And I, I actually, I wanted, this is what I wanted to get into with you mm-hmm. because yes. I feel like the general consensus when the first when the movie first came out is that like mm-hmm. the way Jesse played, monster asshole but it's very clear watching the movie that like he's not supposed to be likable or really helps with the tone is that there's this like sad strange lonely little man oh yeah and he just wants to fit in Mm -hmm. and he's jealous and he 
but at the same time, he's like kind of like I mean, he's like I'm not gonna sit here and say that he's like a communist or something because he literally um he's like the richest billionaire in the world. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like there is a sense of like inclusion that yeah, well, that's he was trying to thing. bring to social media because people like him were left out, and I kind of like vibed with that this go around while watching the movie. I mean, I think so much of it is his performance. Like Jesse Eisenberg, that is a he's so good in it. He's incredible in that movie. Like, he's amazing. He truly should have won the Oscar. People was, thought that he shouldn't have been nominated because they were like, oh, he's just playing himself. And I'm like, no, no, that is a performance. No, it's so good. Like, it's sure, incredible. he uses his own kind of like nebbish qualities to make the performance work. But Jesse Eisenberg, in real life, at least to me in interviews, comes across more as like, yes, oh, I'm like weird and nervous. But like, yeah, that's not Mark Zuckerberg. He's like a nope. total quiet fly on the wall. You rebellious, almost like punk. Mm-hmm. Type until guy. he gets into a position, until he like realizes he's in a position of power, then that never like clicks on. Right. And, like if you ever meet like nerds like that, that's what happens is that whenever they're really quiet and weird until like they can sense that they are uh, at a, at a, a, a superior position to you. And then they will turn and like become this almost like monster, almost like uh, this like creature. The end where she's like, you're trying so hard to be an asshole. It's very like because mm-hmm. all those like Harvard assholes like made him feel like such a like a dweeb. It's like now yeah. that he is like the top man, it's like now I have to like do this, and it's like yeah. it, it doesn't look cute on him because you get the whole sense throughout the deposition. And I didn't really catch this the first time that it's not really about the money for him. Yeah. It's about Hello. I am the creator of Facebook. I just want recognition that I did what I did, and it's mine. Yeah, and at the end of the day, you watch the movie. It's like he's like literally not sleeping for weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he doesn't eat whatever. Like Rashida Jones offers him like food, or whatever. He's just like no, and he just goes back to work like while he's being sued. It's his performance. It really is. There's yeah. just a lot of layers there, and sure, just points to the movie like with the like final scene where I feel like maybe it's like punched a little too hard by the writing. Um, yeah, but that, overall, that final works. like while the whatever where everyone is now text is overlaying where he's just refreshing her page that's a little that's the cutest part that's the cutest the script gets to me i love a movie mm-hmm. that like takes the first scene and the last scene and like really um puts them together oh yeah. also like okay fuck what we're talking about let's talk about Girl, okay Dylan. we open up white stripes ball and biscuit Perfect. top five white stripes Thoughts. songs yes i'm like yeah let's go fuck this. and it's Ugh, so accurate because it's like yeah in 2003 at like a college bar in boston mm-hmm. white stripes would be playing in the background yep. so i appreciated that detail Rooney Mara. She is so good. <laughs> I think it's astounding. I looked up the accolades that Miss Social Network was, and mm-hmm. Rooney Mara didn't get nominated for one award for her performance. And Unhinged. I truly think it's up there. I'm going to say it right now. It's up there with Beatrice, Beatrice Strait in Network. It's up there with Tony Collette in The Hours mm-hmm. as one of the greatest short performances mm-hmm. of all time. Yep. Without Rooney Mara's performance at the beginning of the movie, the whole movie. Correct. No. And it, it's such a. It's such a tennis match and it's it amazing. sets up, it, it sets both of them up so well. And like, it's such a strong, just like statement to have both of them just kind of argue back and forth. And it is really, it is one long tennis match of like, who's winning, who's doing better. And she fucking just aces it at the end. Oh dude. The part him. She's like, you're for the rest of your life. I just want to let you know, like you're going to think that girls don't like you because you're a nerd. It's actually just because you're an asshole. That is literally a mm-hmm. statement. For modern tech bro nerd culture. Yep. It's ballooned since 2010. Definitely ballooned oh, since yeah. 2004. The idea of like the incelly tech bro. It's really pervasive in our culture now. And it's like, I don't know what happened to millennial men, but I guess too many of their mothers told them like, oh, like looks don't matter. Like be like do well in school over you. And it's like, nah, dude. Like, I mean, sure. But also like you need to like have like a good personality too. Yeah. Like, and what did she say you. that's so cutting? It's like have fun working on your video game or whatever. Yeah. Oh my God. Queen. Ooh. Man, her run. So, okay. So it's social network in 2010. Then immediately girl with a dragon tattoo, which is Ooh. a movie. Yeah. Uh, then ain't the body saints, but she's in two of my favorite movies, her and side effects. And then she's in Carol. And she's in Carol. My Miss Can Best Actress Award winner. Mama. It's crazy she was nominated for Supporting Actress to that movie at the Oscars because it's her movie. It's a, Yeah, she's literally Kate Blanchett is the supporting character in it. Yes. Whatever. But, huh. um, yeah. Rooney Mara is awesome. She's the better of the two Maras. Oh, They're yeah. Both, sorry, Kate. Both nepotism. Sorry, Kate. Um, uh, but why do straight people like this movie? I mean, I think we've been talking about it. It is... 
tech bro idolization, but it's also like it shows that tech bros suck. Yeah, uh, tech tech bros uh, suck. Um, Elon Musk, a if you're listening, please support us on Patreon. B Grimes, come on the pod. Oh my god. Oh my god. Uh, yes, but also, bitch. please move away. Yeah. Please don't come here. Please. No, it, it's weird. I to like shit on them or anything like that but it is really interesting to me like i think they really do all look up to mark zuckerberg i don't know if it's through the movie though and it's more like in real life it's probably more real life yeah because he does do good things i guess for like a billionaire he's my he's my enemy he's he's, he's fucked me up so much well yeah because <laughs> yeah well if it, you know, we can't talk about yeah, it we can't if, talk, if you know you know yeah if you know it's one of those if you know you know situations um <laughs> but i don't know working is so good at writing something as boring as coding as something that's like fucking like watching an Olympic sport in the movie Mm. that I feel like maybe it's more of that. Like, you you know, with that high inch nails, like, (laughs) it's just like, it's like, it gives it a vibe of like, this is, this is fun. Creating an empire in his dorm room. I think that is maybe where people were like, Oh, I want to do that. Um, the soundtrack this is if you're like a straight dude, I'll, if you're anyone really, it's like this is the soundtrack you own. Like when you're like, I, lo- I love movie scores. Have you ever listened to the Social Network score? It's like my favorite. Yo, bro, you know Nine Inch Nails? Bro, you know Nine Inch Nails? Yo, did you know that they scored the Social Network, bro? Well, uh, the other like really famous score from this year is that's electronic is uh, Tron Legacy. Why? That's a really good point. Which we got to do that episode one day. Oh Jesus. God. We had to watch Tron Legacy. Uh, but yeah, that's the Daft Punk score, and it's like people fucking eat that shit up. It really started. I feel like with Trent winning the Oscar and all that, it's like after that, you got like M83 doing scores for like mm-hmm. big blockbusters, and like you just start seeing a lot more like like Arcade Fire doing a score to her. Mika Levy doing Under the Skin and right. Jackie. And then she's the one that like really took what like I feel like Trent was doing and like yes. just took it to the next level. And I, I think yes. that she's the best working composer we have today. That Jackie score. It's amazing. Mm, incredible. And, and also uh, the movie is incredible. Yes. Probably one of the movies I've ever seen. Correct. Yep. Um, but and yeah, 90 it, minutes. But yeah, I think the soundtrack was, it, it, it really got straight bros into scores. Like, yeah. I think that, cool. Before the social network, I think listening to movie scores was very niche. Because even, like, cinephiles, like, I don't really listen to movie scores that no. much. But I, I have some friends that are really into listening to movie scores. But they're big movie people. It's great uh, to study to, by the way. Great to, to study to. to. And it's long, too. Yeah. Yeah, that that's the one great. thing I don't like about movie score soundtracks, usually. They actually put movie on the mm-hmm. soundtrack so you get like these like minute long tracks and i feel like every song on the social network score is like a full song like it's a full yeah track. it's a song <laughs> it's it's ghost five through eight um we gotta talk about the elephant in the room that's aaron sorkin yeah straight people love aaron sorkin and not like straight yeah. people like the i think two different kinds of straight i mean there's a spectrum of straight people like, there's a spectrum of gay people. There's a spectrum of straight people. Oh, my the, God. Really? I didn't realize that. <laughs> I know, yeah. It's the thing where it's, like, sexuality There's different is, kinds of straight people? There's different kinds of straight people. It says, uh, yeah, sexuality is a spectrum except for straight people, where it's one line. Yeah. But I think the Aaron Sorkin straight person that's, like, really into the West Wing, really into the newsroom, really into all the president's men. Um, what else has he done? I mean, he did Molly's Game, which Molly's Game is major. I... So I didn't know. Okay, so the, the, I this is funny. So when we did the Great Gatsby X episode, I was looking up Tommy McGuire, and then I read that Tommy McGuire was like a professional poker, mm-hmm. bit, and that he used to go to Molly's games, and that there's like a famous stunt he pulled apparently where he like mm-hmm. yelled at her or something or like did something crazy. And then I read, oh, there's a movie about it, and I was like, oh yeah, Molly's Game. I remember them making a movie about this. I didn't see it with Jessica Chastain, and then apparently Michael Sarah place mm-hmm. toby mcguire in the movie doing so that good. bit and i was just like whoa so it's really weird that you're bringing it up now because it was like yeah. part of like spm my research for spm look at anyway. that look at that but yeah i highly suggest molly's game yeah I, I it sounds interesting it sounds really cool love jessica um i feel like aaron sorkin type guys like you know there's tarantino kind of guys i can handle mm-hmm. guy. yeah okay i can talk to a tarantino guy do i think he's stupid of course oh yes can we talk about tarantino Obviously, I love a lot of his movies. Yes. Sorkin guys, 
are like I don't even know how to describe it. I just feel like when I've met them, it's very like they're really into research and they're really into accuracy and they're really in, it's just like and like plays. Yeah. Like they're like it's I feel like they're like pretentious usually and they're not actually usually into like movies on like any other level than dialogue. I think that's bothersome to me. Maybe that's what it is. Is they're like they only care about the screenplay. And I'm like, girl, you realize that there's costumes. There's It's like if you watch Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf and you're like, man, that was, I would just like to read that. Like, bitch, no, that's a movie. I haven't watched The West Wing. I know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel like if I watch it now, I'd hate it. Yeah. I don't want to. Don't make me. Which, so why do straight people love this? This, this goes into my next point about Aaron Sorkin's dialogue, okay? Let's go. He doesn't know how to write female characters literally no. at all and I'm not trying to be like that girl because like that girl's annoying and no one wants to listen to her at the party but it <sighs> is a little disappointing like I like love a like you know we'll get into it in a little bit but there's like things I like about the female characters in the movie but overall it's like Rashida Jones his character is so sloppily written it's like girl mm-hmm. like this like fucking lawyer is just gonna go out of her way to be like hey like I noticed that you're kind of like sad and alone over there and I just <laughs> let you know that you're like not that bad of a guy really deep down inside. Yeah. And I'm just like, no one's like that in real life. No. Well, it's that thing that, you know, whenever you hear like in like screenwriting class for that, where it's like, if you don't know how to write a female character, just write a male character and change her name. Exactly. And that, that's how he writes female characters, I think. Yeah. And it's like, no, that, no, write a female character. That's how you, that's how you write a female character. Like Rooney Mara's really good <laughs> in the scene because I mean, like, I mean, the scene is just great. I mean, I, I will give mm-hmm. up. It's great. And she kills it. But other than her first scene in the movie, and I know, and I'm not trying to be like that, that's what the movie's about, okay? The movie is about a bunch of, like, tech bros, like, fighting for yeah. ownership of Facebook, okay? Like, I get it. So there's not yeah. going to be, like, a lot of female characters, but I do think that there was opportunities to have more fleshed out, interesting characters, mm-hmm. and there weren't. And I just think it's, like, a little, and it's that, and that shows up in all of his movies, so it's, like, I know it's not just isolated to the social network. And, like, I love Molly's game, but there's also, like, the, oh yeah, I didn't even think about that. That's got a female that. lead. So also, tell me about well, it. Well, it has that, but there's also like a lot of dad stuff in that movie with her. So it's like, oh god. But like the movie's so much fun <laughs> that yeah. like whenever the dad stuff happens, you can kind of just like copy paste out of it. You don't have it doesn't have to be in there. I'm gonna have to check it out. I'm curious. It's fun. Now. It's fun. It's I'm a fun curious movie. about it. Oh, another yeah. thing that's straight about this movie is we've talked about this. This is a trope that we've noticed is that whenever musicians or athletes like act okay in a movie, like people like overpraise them. Freaking out. And JT is fine in the movie, but like yeah. we literally just brought him up. Yeah, he's. You know what I mean? He's fun. He's fun in the movie. He's fun. He's fun. He's great. It's just like, but again, it's like, is it top five one of the best performances in the movie? No. No, I do kind of like the meta casting of it, though, of like, okay, we're going to cast like this like celebrity tech dude as a celebrity musician. Right, and it's so funny like, because he fucked over musicians. Yeah, exactly. I love so it. I, I think that's really fun, too. But um, I don't know. Also, I just, I, I think people, I remember fine. when it came out, people like were very like, oh my God, JT. <laughs> Actually really good at it. I'm like, y'all I haven't have... seen Alpha Dog, clearly, because that's the movie <laughs> he's good in. Okay, so I have a tattoo on my arm that's just a, it's a, it's a digital alarm clock that says 00.00 colon 13, whatever. Um, just as a Friday the 13th tattoo, I always say that's how much time I have left in the microwave. Mm-hmm. I have had multiple people come up to me and say, that tattoo you have right there, is that in reference to the Justin Timberlake movie, In Time? What? Number yes, one, he's... He's in a movie called In Time with Amanda Seyfried and Cillian Murphy and Olivia Wilde. Interesting. Um, and it's like, <clears throat> let's see what, oh, and Johnny Galecki. Um, let's see. It's a movie. Uh, there are inhabitants in the society where people stop aging at 25. And instead of using banknotes, a new economic system uses oh. time as currency. And each person has a oh, clock on their yeah. arm that counts down I how remember, long they had to live. I remember seeing the trailer for this and I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. No Could you imagine if I was the kind of person that saw End Time in 2011 and went, this fucking movie right here, this is my shit. I'm fucking obsessed. I'm going to well, get a tattoo from End Time. Oh, that's so sad. The director of End Time is the director of Gattaca, a great movie. Oh, no. <laughs> Oops. Oh, oh. Well, sorry, Andrew Nichol. Sorry, Andrew Nichol. Um, like Mike Nichols. That's so funny. I didn't know that. That's, yes. <laughs> that's, that's probably really awkward. People always think my Animal Collective tattoo is the Morton Salt Girl. <laughs> oh no! Which is like that's cool. Like I like salt. Salt's Who cool. Like salt. 
<laughs> that much. I know, girl. Could you imagine if you're like, <laughs> first time you had salt and you're like, what is this? Oh my God. This is everything. This is Do y'all know about this? <laughs> Have y'all heard of salt, bitch? <laughs> heard of salt, bitch? Okay. okay. Salt, she's kind of it. She's kind of it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> get into it. It's get like, into it. It's like the other day on the pop subreddit, someone posted, it was like, is Kelly Clarkson underrated? And it's like, girl, what? <laughs> Mama, people are what? people are really really weird. Like I think that like the only major pop star from the 2000s that you could call underrated is Nelly Furtado, and that's it. Yes, correct. Also, please fucking reissue Loose on vinyl because I'm not spending two hundred dollars on a on a used copy. Oh, I need them to reissue fucking the original Folklore. <laughs> uh, whoa, Nelly on vinyl because I, I love both Nelly. of those albums. Come on, baby, Ugh. Nelly, we love you. You queen, come back God, to us. God, you're such a queen. I love you. Uh, speaking of gay things from the 2000s, is there anything gay about this movie? Yes, and her name is Brenda Song. In this movie, it is truly... So on one hand, I just was like, these female characters are written like freaking idiots. <laughs> on the other hand, I'm like, I love the fact that Brenda Song's character is a fucking psycho. Yes, incredible. Absolutely incredible. When she said, you're the CFO of Facebook and you don't know how to change your relationship <laughs> status on Facebook, I was literally like, that is camp. <laughs> yes, it's, she's incredible. We and she sucks Song. him off in like a nice like restaurant. I mean, what more do you want? Nothing from more. a movie. Nothing. Nothing more. So good. good. She really was like, I'm not a Disney prince. I'm in a David Fincher movie sucking dick. And you know <laughs> what? I really, really appreciate that. Yeah. Do you think Christy Carlson and Romano could say the same thing? Um, I think the Dean is on our side. I think so too. I feel like he's <laughs> like just this old faggot, rich just... fag, who's just like so or these like bros coming into his office, like flexing their wealth to get. It. He's just like, girl, I don't have time for this. He's like, I was a U.S. Treasury Secretary before this, so like, what? He's like, can we hurry this up? Can we hurry this up. I have a lunch date. I have a lunch date. So, <laughs> I have a fitting after this. I have a fitting. I need to get my suit tailored again. Again. Chapter five. What am I a farmer? Yeah, I liked that scene a lot. I uh, think that, that scene so was really fun. Um, Isn't it? I feel like I'm about to like come for us a little bit, but I feel like one of the gay things about this movie is that it's really overly color corrected. That's one thing that didn't age well about the movie is like, girl, it's yellow. Yeah. Girl, <laughs> it is yellow, 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 yellow. It's too much. But I'm like, but it's like everyone can sit there and be like, the social network's too yellow. And I'm like, well, your fucking Instagram feed is too fucking, mm-hmm. fucking millennial pink, bitch. Shut the fuck I up. Know. Girl. It came up on my face in my Twitter feed the other day. Uh, I think you may have retweeted whatever, but it was like uh, Elliot Page talking shit about bands. You tweeted, oh my god, it was so fab, so it, good, right? It was a great tweet, fab tweet. Uh, but if you want to, if you want a gay ass color correction, I'm a hard candy. Oh well, I was suck. Two thousands thriller color correction. Oh, it's so good. Like everything is just like gray and blue. I'm obsessed with that shit. Yeah. I love Absolutely it. Absolutely fabulous. I love a handheld camera, bad blue color correction. Have you ever seen 13? Oh, girl, yes. Dude, that movie <laughs> is a good example of like new technology being taken too far. It's like they were yeah. literally like, why don't we just like, here's an idea. <laughs> what if we make each part of the movie like differently color corrected to like reflect like her descent into drugs and sex. Love it. Literally by the end of the movie, like it's literally like, it's so desaturated that they look like they're in fucking, I don't know, like Bram Stoker's Dracula. (laughs) It's so insane. I'm obsessed with it though. I think it's like one of those things where it's like, you know, when like Gen Xers watch 80, these they're like this is amazing and the rest of us are like eh, it's okay like the goodies yeah. is fine um yeah. but when we watch like 2000s like bad color corrected mm-hmm. like horror movies i'm like i fucking love this shit yeah i mean it's the it's same nostalgic. reason why i love uh love catfish so much because it's like it looks like shit it looks like absolute garbage well, yeah, it's I like the mumble it. yes it's just like i love me like a bad like videotaped movie with uh. like acting like I'm like this yes. is my bread and butter you know have you ever seen uh, Soderbergh's bubble no I have not unwatchable uh, but it's whenever he was like I'm gonna record this on like a fucking Game Boy camera and use like non-actors and it's I, I love shit like that though like conceptually maybe like watching it's a nightmare but I like not love fun. that kind of vibe 
Um, but yeah, the, the social network, I think it's gay that it's so color corrected. I think yes. that like David <laughs> Fincher took it like a little too far. It's yeah. like, I mean, with the girl, the drug tattoo, it makes sense. Cause it's like literally a genre movie, but yes. this movie is literally about a bunch of dudes like doing code and like yeah. fighting in court. And it's like, why is this movie so edgy looking? There's like no yeah. reason for it to be at all, but okay. Is Gone Girl actually his best movie? <laughs> No, absolutely not. But it's definitely his <laughs> only gay movie other than yeah. Panic Room. <laughs> the Panic Room. Um, oh, speaking of gay movies, I think let's go to our final segment of the week. It's our gay recommendation. Um, I feel like both the ones that we chose are actually like, yeah. Yeah, they, they fit. They fit. Yeah, they fit. They fit. Uh, this week I brought, if you want another Harvard movie uh, that's fundamentally about getting back at your ex uh, and has a lot of law stuff in it, of course, Legally Blonde Mama. Yes. I mean... Truly, like, one of the great comedies of the 2000s. One of the great comedies. If you call me Chugi because I chose this, sure. Yeah, fuck off, though. It's fuck a off. funny fucking movie. Linda Cardellini yeah. is iconic in it. That final scene about perm chemistry, truly incredible. Uh, great movie. Um, my um, enemy slash frenemy, Jennifer Coolidge, because she unfollowed me on Twitter. <gasps> I know. I mean, she's iconic in it. So so I feel like every gay has like three to five quotes in their like repertoire that no one recognizes and only you like or Mm -hmm. like latched on to. I think Rue Paul like mentions these a lot in like interviews. (laughs) Like he's like, actually, this is a reference to this random movie. That's why I say it. And you're like, oh, okay. But this is one of mine. There's a part in Legally Blonde at the beginning when she's very upset that her boyfriend's broken up with her because she's like a dumb bimbo, which is like so relatable. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) And she's watching like a rom-com in her like dorm room, like being all sad or like sorority room or whatever the fuck. I don't know anything about college. I dropped (laughs) out. Um, And she like this guy is like, I love you. And she just goes, liar. And she like throws (laughs) popcorn at the screen. And I always like. We'll be talking to people and I'll just go, liar! <laughs> and people are like, what are you doing? And I'm like, it's not Legally Blonde. And everyone's like, I don't remember that part. And I'm like, it's one of the best parts of the movie. <laughs> uh. So I just wanted to like throw that out there. It's, you know, we all have it, our little things. Yeah, I think mine recently has been, <laughs> it's been from the trailer from the last season of the challenge. Second oh, challenge. No, okay, that is a deep that cut. That is a deep cut. It's <laughs> one of the... One of the contestants goes, the game has changed. Uh, and anytime I do anything new I, at my house, I say, the game has changed. That's amazing. I like it's that. I actually got to so, steal that. The game has changed. The game has changed. It's so fucking stupid. Yeah. Story. The new one that I'm doing, I feel like this happens to a lot of millennials because we're just brain dead. But it's like you take a quote. <laughs> And then you just decide to shorten it because you're getting lazy. Yeah. So I used to say, well, it's over a lot, like a la, you know, Nina Bonina Brown. Brown, yeah. Um, and now I just go, well. <laughs> God, I love being gay. Speaking of being gay as fuck, um, my movie has faggots in it. So that's really yes. exciting. Um, I chose another college movie about Ivy League assholes being mean to each other and screwing each other over. But instead of it being about coding, it's more about just like doing drugs and having sex. So if you really <laughs> liked the portions of the movie where girls were hitting footlong bongs and JT was like, get more high, you're going to love this movie. It's called The Rules of Attraction. If you hate humans, The Rules of Attraction is the movie for you. Yeah, it's our Twitter uh, bio. It's our Twitter, not bio, Twitter header. Yes. As Rules of Attraction. It's a movie that I admire more than like, but the parts that I like, I love. So good. It's got a great soundtrack. Yes. Uh, it's got Shannon Sossamon of Warp. <laughs> Ian Summerhalder. Oh, queen. And it's got James Vanderbeek trying to kind of do exactly what Brenda Song was doing in uh, yeah. Social Network. You know, just really trying to be like, I'm an adult actor. I'm going to, yeah. It has an unhinged Clifton Collins Jr. performance. Oh, it's so good. So good. Susie Kurtz and... uh, Oh, Oh, Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway and a cameo. God, so many great lines in the movie. Um, And if you've ever wanted to see Ian Somerhalder and James Vanderbeek make out... It's a good sister movie with Legally Blonde. Legally Blonde is very bubbly, fun, yes. And then this is just pour acid all over Legally Blonde. Yeah, it really does. It, like, takes Legally Blonde and, like, throws her in a bucket of acid. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> it's Two Face from uh, Batman Forever. Definitely a movie that did not age well. If you're like very into political correctness and no, and not into offensive. <laughs> yes, if you if you will, if you want it to be 2002, but like actually 2002 and not like Slater. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Rules of Attraction. <laughs> oh, that was good. Um, yeah. yeah, watch the Rules of Attraction. The Rapture is in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So that made your ears perk up. <laughs> You're probably me or Dylan. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think the song in the movie, The Rules of Attraction, it's called Out of the Races and Onto the Tracks, is uh, one of their best songs. It's really mm-hmm. fun to dance to. Um, I also like the um, what was the, um, theme song to Misfits. Yeah, that one's uh, great. Isn't the title track? Isn't that uh, yeah, is Echoes? Echoes? Yeah, I think it's Echoes. That's also a great song too. I'm only really familiar with that first EP and that first album. I never really got into anything after that one. So, um, the second album's fine. Uh, it's one of those albums where it's like we're just gonna try to copy everything from the first album, but worse. Uh, but we are right. Yeah, uh huh, is very good. Um, but I, you should listen to How Deep Is Your Love. First of all, there's never been a bad song called How Deep Is Your Love. Every True. single one, incredible. The Bee Gees, Absolutely. yes. Uh, David, not David Guetta, Calvin Harris, great. Uh, and then The Rapture, of course. And that's the one we put on my playlist, because How Deep Is Your Love? If anybody really, like, so people love, like, to shit on pit. I think it's really interesting that, um, I feel like a lot of people are not as really aware of like what Pitchfork used to be like years mm-hmm. ago before they became a blog that actually covered all music before they only covered underground music. My all time favorite Pitchfork review. It's so underrated. I never see it on any of the list. It, it didn't show up on their like importance. Okay. We'll get to that. The important reviews uh, thing they did recently. I have some problems with it that I'll cover in a second, but have you ever read the review for lateral list by tool? No. Mama, it's so fucking funny because it's written from the perspective of a 16-year-old writing a paper about his summer where he discovered Tool. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, Yeah. These used to be, and they were so funny. Yeah. Um, Instead of being like, Madison, beer, while her vocal abilities are great, her production fails her. Like, who the fuck cares? Like, be mean. Yeah, I know. I miss the way they used to be. That's like what their whole shtick was. Yes. Um, a couple of solid contenders for favorite reviews. Uh, there's one review they did of Air's 10,000 Hertz Legend. Notorious for being a lot darker and more like sci-fi-y than its predecessor. I love it personally, but I'm a mm-hmm. huge Air fan. The review is literally him being like, me and my girlfriend used to bang to Moon Safari all the time. <laughs> like, it's a perfect album. Like, it's like, I can't get down to D'Angelo. Like, I'm a white guy. I, got, I, I get down to Air's Moon Safari. And he's like, so the first time 10,000 Hertz, like I got 10,000 Hertz Legend on CD, I was really excited because I was going to bang my girlfriend to it. And and then the first song came on. I was like, what the fuck is this shit? And he's like, it's weird and it's sad and it's dark. I was not asking for a Radiohead album. I was asking for Air's Moon Safari. So I bang my girlfriend. It's amazing. Incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Um, and then a, a good, another, my, so my trifecta would be, the third one would be um, Animal Collective. Here comes the Indian, now mm-hmm. called Ark, because they're like we're not offensive anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, there, that album is told in story perspective of going on an acid trip with Animal Collective in the woods, beautiful, and, and the music soundtracks their trip. Man, remember when shit was good? Yeah, such remember a shit was so like, ugh, iconic. Truly, that um, iconic. That like article that was like these are our most important album reviews ever. Um. After, like, a certain point, it's just, like, here out. It's, like, SZA's Control. Like, was that an important review, or do you just like Control by SZA? Like, what did that do? Um, and they don't include what I think is actually the most important review of the past, like, five years, which was 1,000 Gex. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like when that review came out, changed the trajectory of music. Truly, because that's when introduced people to 100 Gex, and then to Hyperpop. Uh, yeah, it's... It should have been on there. I don't know why it wasn't on there. That's why Larry, Larry, Larry's right? Chris Maurice. He yeah. only hits, only hits, only does reviews for like really important shit. Yeah, like he, so he if like he, dips if he likes in it, it's good. Yeah, I, I trust really liked taste. the review for NFR because I feel like it was a kind of half, like kind of an apology to Lana Del Rey, mm-hmm. which I really like because Pitchfork was like kind of at the forefront of like the Lana Del Rey hate train. 
Yep. Oh, yeah, they, they, they were. They, they loved video games when it came out, and then they just turned on her, like, immediately after her SNL performance. Mm-hmm. And I feel oh, like they were a big part of, like, why she kept getting shit on by music critics. Um, do, do you remember, Did you ever read um, Hipster Runoff? No, I did not, but I was aware of it. Yeah, there was a really famous, like, Hipster Runoff, like, review of the SNL performance that's kind of iconic. They, like, apologized to Lana like, slap myself in the face. Like, no, shut up, Kirk. Be... Make America mean again. Yes, I fucking... Oh, God, I wish it was mean. And it's like... <laughs> I know it sucks, though. It's like, I feel like... I don't want to bring that negativity in the world or, like, you know, whatever. But, like, you can be fun and mean. Like, if I were an artist and I got, a like, a mean review from Pitchfork, I would be so fucking thrilled. Right. It's like, remember when Wayne Coyne and Erica Badu were feuding? Erica Badu, at one point in her, like, you know, her rebuttal was like, you can kiss my glittery black ass. And Wayne Coyne posted a picture on Instagram of him making kissy lips with glitter on his lips. And he was like, okay, girl. <sighs> and I was like, see, that's... Yes. I kind of just, like, miss that attitude. And I think that... I think maybe this is the issue. Not to get, like, super political or whatever. But I think it's yeah. like... I think we're all tired of, like, you know, minorities and, like, women and gay people being the butts of every joke. I think mm-hmm. that the answer is that we need to be more mean to straight people. Yes. Like, we need to make our podcast more mean, Dylan. We okay, need to, done. like, actually <laughs> rip these straight people apart. We need done. to watch movies that fucking suck that they love, and we need to be like, you're a fu- movie because you're a I loser know, and a dweeb. <laughs> Someone actually texted me today, and I was like, every time I sit down to listen to your episode, I've expected you to rip on it, and they are always like, this is actually good. Yeah. Well, because we're... That's, like, what's That's irritating the thing. about this us. This is all an act. <laughs> uh, this is all an act. I actually don't suck dick. This is, like, a giant experiment. Mm-hmm. I a la, vagina. A la Neil Beats The Shape of Things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm gay. I just made a reference to a play. Um, but, um, you know, yeah, I think that yeah. we need to be more mean to straight people. And I think it's really fun because every time I'm even mildly jesty, I've noticed that's not my friend because my friends need to have brains. Um, but other like coworkers and stuff like that. Like I feel like they are so sensitive. Straight guys are so sensitive. Yeah. All right, <laughs> that's the end of the episode. That was like twenty minutes of psycho shit. Yeah, cut all that out. I'm cutting all of it out. Um, <laughs> you put it on our Patreon. Woo! This was so much fun. I'm gonna go turn my AC down. Um, mm. yeah. Put a little two cents in on the. I love the, it. the great. The great of the last twenty years. Social network. Eat our dicks, David Fincher. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, he's kind of cute. He is cute. Oh, my God. He's so cute. (laughs) (laughs) PTA is the hottest character. Oh, Oh God. He's so fucking hot. Yeah. Also, you know my weird thing. Yorgos. (laughs) Yorgos. Yorgos is hot. Uh, Eh. (laughs) All right. You said that your sex would be fucking weird after seeing Dog Oh, you know. It would be so insane. It would just be us giving each each other angry hand jobs. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and out came talk. Talk. Talk.